The revolution has begun. Join the revolution, the lost art with Steve Gould. For only the very best in progressive rock, every Sunday, 4 to 7 p.m., only on MMH, the home of rock radio. people hello good afternoon good morning good evening and welcome to whenever and wherever you happen to be my name is ben and you're now listening to follow the dead on mmhradio.co.uk if you're rocking with us live it's just gone 10 o'clock on a friday night but if you happen to be busting this bad boy via the podcast don't know what day it is don't even know what time it is either or thank you for taking the time to come and find us tonight we're going to be sticking in a slightly retrospective sort of mood I'm going to kick off this whole year with with looking back. So we're going to look at albums that are 30 years old, 20 years old, and 10 years old for the rest of January. Tonight, we're going to go back 30 years to 1994. Yeah, scary. (laughs) It was a vintage year, though, and hopefully, across the next couple of hours, I will hope to demonstrate and illustrate exactly why it was an amazing year for music. Going to start off quite light and work our way through, kicking us off with some awesome punk, the Godfathers, the Dons of SoCal Punk. Bad Religion, Strange and Fiction came out in 1994. This is Better Off Dead.
I love that track. I really, really do. I love the album. It was their, um, it was Bad Religion's first, it was their major label debut, which I know sounds nuts to, to say for a band that had been in existence for nearly 14, 15 years. I know there are some bands that don't ever get off the indies, but Bad Religion, they, it feels like they were at the height of their game, and it's so crazy they didn't move beforehand. Maybe that's because of, you know, Mr. Brett's and Epitaph and the connection, but I don't know. But a lot of people saw Bad Religion moving to Colombia as a downturn, and to an extent I can kind of see why the couple of records that followed this weren't quite up to the same standard. Maybe that was more down to Brett leaving, or down to the label, I don't know, the, that decision is up to yours to make. I must admit, I still think they have some awesome music on those records, No Substance in particular had some fantastic tracks on it, but there's their, their return back to Epitaph a few years later now would be a different story, but that's for another thing. Stranger Than Fiction though, my god that album absolutely delivers, I think it's nothing short of immense, it is a huge, huge, massive record, so so good, stupidly good in fact, love that record, love it. That was Better Off Dead by Bad Religion from Stranger Than Fiction. Up next, our next 1994 record, this one, see, Bad Religion were the Dons, they, they were one of the ones, they opened the door for so many other bands to come through. This lot, at this stage though, California Punk still wasn't quite at its cusp. Then a couple of bands came along and they changed that. Green Day are one of those bands. Dookie was one of those albums. This album changed, it, it, yeah, the world was not the same after Dookie arrived. Whichever way you want to cut it, it is a, um, it's, it's an amazing record. It really, really is. From Dookie by Green Day, this is Welcome to Paradise.
such a good record it really really is the thing with it is i mean i imagine to those who were in the area and to probably to america it wasn't that big a change but here's the thing to the rest of the world california punk was quite quiet at the time this album it it, it detonated it changed things it opened doors it made a lot of people pay attention to something they hadn't seen or heard in a very 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 long time i think it's absolutely fantastic i really do i still bump this album to this day i think it's absolutely fantastic for me it's one of my I can honestly hold my hand up and say that I know there's a big list we go about oh perfect albums and all that sort of thing. I yeah, this this one's close because I don't skip a single track on it. That was Welcome to Paradise by Green Day from their 30-year-old album this year, Dookie. Up next, another band from uh, another Californian band that changed punk and whichever way again, whichever way you want to look at it, this changed it. This album was absolutely monstrous. It was the the, the title Smash definitely did exactly that as far as i can tell i think it's still the biggest selling record on an independent label to this day 30 years down the line it certainly changed their fortunes to say the least their next record um, mixed on the ombre would be uh, a, a major label here in europe but it'd be, i don't know is it major in states in epitaph in europe it'd be the last one they did for epitaph then they moved to columbia full-time for americana onwards but that's there that's further down the line it's like four or five years down the line from 1994 though from their record smash the offspring oh my god my first time hearing this was on a, it's on a bus ride somewhere at school yeah i know i'm, I'm old don't care <laughs> my friends were listening to this bad boy's like oh my god that's so cool what's that and yeah boom i was sold sold from the start from smash by the offspring this is genocide
the 90s were so good. <laughs> that was The Offspring. The song is called Genocide. You can find it on their game-changing record, Smash. Whether you can accept or want to admit that it did change the face of punk rock, it did. It really, really did. I know there are other bands, arguably more influential, all that sort of shenanigans. And to, fair, to be fair, that would be a fair comparison. But The Offspring certainly helped give it that shot of life back into the scene that I think was sadly missing, especially on a worldwide scale. You know, we had hair metal and thrash. We then had grunge. By the time 94 was coming along, yeah alternative rock was starting to flood the airwaves and it wasn't particularly exciting to an extent and there were a collection of bands who came along and shot it full of life the offspring with genocide is well it's the offspring side with the record smash genocide's taken from it is one of those bands at least to me they were one of those bands as rock music became a lot more interesting after that album and i paid a lot of attention there were a lot of bands in the wake epitaph and also other related labels that came along that had that similar sort of vibe and had some energy to bring to the party Right, last punky one, I think, for the time being. Actually, no, maybe. We've got a couple more that might be quite fun. We'll see. <laughs> From their record, Trashed, Lagwagon kicked out some awesome bits and bobs. And I know it's lazy to throw in a cover, but this song always makes me smile. I used to play this in the rock clubs when I was younger, and it always put a massive smile on my face. Lagwagon had a lash. A bit of Brown Eyed Girl from Trashed from 1994. La 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 la
Follow us on our social media, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Want airplay? Want your album reviewed? Get in touch. Just search MMH, the home of rock radio. Stones. The song is called Pictures to Prove It. You can find it on their record Question the Answers from 1994. Yes, my name is Ben. You're listening to Follow the Dead on mmhradio.co.uk. We are going back 
30 years this week to 1994. Next week we'll go back 20 years to 2004. Then we'll go back 10 years to 2014. It seems crazy to think that 10, 10, 10 years to 2014, my lord, I feel old. <laughs> so we're going to be exploring the next 30 years of the next three weekends a decade apart. Should be fun. Should be fun. Right, what else dropped in 1994? Well, a little band little tiny band i mean i don't think anyone expected them to become quite as big as they did but they did still kicking still active now the rather marvelous weezer dropped their debut record self-titled blue album in 1994 this is the world has turned and left me here
the rather magical Weezer. The song is called The World Has Turned and Left Me Here from their self-titled debut record, Blue. Oh my god, I love that album. I really, really do. It's so, so good. This, it, whether it's, it's nostalgia or whatever or sound of my youth or that whole formative year sort of type thing but I think that record much like Dookie has mentioned in the first half is nigh on perfect I can listen to the Blue Album backwards, forwards on shuffle pretty much any time any, any day of the week it's one of those things I, I listen to my iPod on shuffle a lot yes I know iPod I'm old still <laughs> um, and there are some songs you just get a vibe and sometimes you just like skip no, don't feel that skip don't feel that Weezer, if it's from the Blue Album, I don't ever skip it. I never skip those songs. I'm like, ah, okay, nice. I might be in like a like a thrash mood or something. And even then, if if, if something like that old sweater song comes on, I'm like, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> it's absolutely magical. It really, really is. The world has turned and left me here from Weezer's self-titled debut record, also known as the Blue Album. It's absolutely perfect. Right next, another band who were different for the time but embraced grunge within their sound. The rather marvelous REM. Yeah, I know, I know. They kicked out Monster in 1994. This is Crush with Eyeliner.
People were claiming that grunge was on the way out and grunge was failing and grunge was struggling as uh, people felt it might have hit its peak. But as has been debated with Met on many a group recently, um, the, the argument about what is grunge and what people would a, a song, the sound that people start to associate with grunge are two very different things. The grunge scene, by all intents, is reflective of a particular period of music kicked out in Seattle and the surrounding areas between the late 80s and the early 90s. Then, because of a certain sound popularised by some of those bands, they then we then began to accept a sound of what grunge was, as opposed to what grunge actually is. This acknowledged is a very intense argument, a very intense way of looking at it, and I get why. For those who were around at the time and embraced that slightly punkier, discordant, noisy sort of angle of grunge, to see what it would become lauded as, I can kind of see why some folks would find it a little bit frustrating to see how grunge was taken from something noisy and underground and pulled to the overground and used as a sound to flog lots and lots of flannel shirted muppets to the masses but that's for another that's a massive debate for another day for me i i i embrace the i, I appreciate the early noisy stuff but for me i'm i know I'm, 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 I'm relatively light and easy and straightforward and i accept and i enjoy the fact that the the sound that grunge became to be accepted as is something that i must admit i prefer myself and rem with their monster record kind of embraced that a little bit it didn't sell as well as their previous records it was often written off as them doing something a bit more ludicrously un unneeded or an, an experimental sort of type thing i don't think it was particularly it was still them but yeah it was a bit noisy a bit darker in places it's a very very good album one well worth investing some time in if you're a casual fan of rem it might not be something you'll enjoy so much because it is a bit noisier the guitars are definitely amped up in comparison to the slightly more twee indie stuff we did before but if you like the fun and the energy of their 80 sort of alternative stuff then there's a lot of energy to be found and a lot of fun to be had with monster it really is but going to stick with this slightly more alternative grungy sound for the next couple going to look at for me one of my personal favorite records from grunge one of my personal favorite grunge owl bands full stop i know they're often seen as not being part of the scene because they weren't from seattle or surrounding areas um, stone temple pilots dropped their brilliant record purple in 1994 it's a magical so i love this album so so much so many high points and i know i've gone for the obvious one i don't care i think this is nothing short of amazing this from purple from 94 Stone Temple Pilots and Interstate Love Song.
all our radio shows can be found on demand. Download our app from Google Play or the Apple App Store. Just search MMH, the home of rock radio.
Yep, the 90s, the joyous wonder of alternative rock as it started to eke and change its way through. It was a rather wonderful time. I, mean, I must admit, I enjoyed the joyous wonder of alternative rock in or what became sort of college rock or grunge as it was often written off as. A lot of it had that same sort of vibe. For me, it was fun. Some bands were a little bit lighter, a little bit poppier, and the Bare Naked Ladies are one of those. That was Alternative Girlfriend from their second record, Maybe You Should Drive, dropped in 1994. Of course, a lot of people will now recognise the Bare Naked Ladies as the guys who did the theme song for the Big Bang Theory more than anything else, which is a bit of a shame, because uh, You Should Drive and the album that I think was second, was it one more? I think it was Stunt that had um, one week on it. It was absolutely brilliant. Truly fantastic records. I must admit, they're post-2000 stuff. I haven't listened to, to a lot, so I've got the first sort of three or four records in yeah <laughs> just you know taste change things change maybe i'll have to go back and revisit and have a look on spotify or apple music or something to see what i can find they're all on there so easy enough to go and give them a bit of a blast and see how they go right <laughs> welcome back my name is ben you're listening to follow the dead on mmhradio.co.uk and we're currently looking at a 1994 yes we've gone back 30 years to have a look at this fantastic year from the middle of the 90s next we're going to be going back 20 years and look at 2004 then the following week 10 years to look at 2014 and see how much things have changed over time and whether or not the uh, old adage of music ain't quite as good as it used to be is actually true i must admit I think that's nonsense. I think there's great music produced every year. It's just tastes change. As a few people have mentioned in recent times, there's a sort of like a formative year sort of chunk from around about age maybe 12, 13 to maybe 20, 21. And music released in that period is usually the music that you tend to hold in the highest esteem. And it doesn't matter what it is, it could be all manner of bits and bobs, but it's whatever is kicked out at that time. And you don't tend to appreciate, you start to look back and you might appreciate some of the older stuff, but you tend really tend not to appreciate the stuff that's still going now, apparently. I must admit, I like to think of myself as being, uh, you know, relatively open-minded to try and all bits and bobs, and as such, I try to enjoy all types, and try not to judge too much on what's going around, but, you know, we'll have to wait and see. Right, another band who are often written off is just another one of those alternative rock albums, um, but I must admit, I think it's a brilliant album. I must admit, I didn't appreciate it at the time, I came to appreciate it in the last five or six years. Um, it was live and throwing copper. It's a brilliant album, it really, really is. And yeah, I'm going to go for the obvious one, just because it's a brilliant song. I Alone, by Live. These things by your grace I sank into Eden with you Alone in the church by and by I'll read to you here, save your eyes you lead them, your boat is at sea Your anchor is out, you've been swept away Greatest of teachers won't hesitate to leave you there by yourself, chained to pain. Yeah, I alone love you. I alone tempt you. I alone love you. There is nothing but this. I alone love you. I alone tempt you. To be great 
Yeah, it was all over the place for a long time. It's a great song though. Chorus is epic. Live? Live? Is it live or live? I always call them live, I don't know why. But it could be live, you know. Song's called ILO and you can find it on their record Throwing Copper from 1994. Yep, it's that place. Hopefully, don't get me wrong, I'm going to look at some rock and go look at some industrial because it also, the world of music changed quite drastically in the 90s because lots of bands were mixing it up in lots and lots of different styles. But they weren't afraid of just being able to rock out one band that rocked out with an absolutely immense Gap album in 1994, had them climbing the charts. The rather marvellous television kicked out How to Make Friends and Influence People in 1994, and they had a rock album with a doo wop on it.
See, and this is why when Shutty came to the station, it was a massive deal for me. But listen to this guy for like 30 odd years, and now we've got the drummer, yes, Shutty, it's uh, ex Baldy Skin Basher, as he described himself, of the legendary television, doing our breakfast show here at MMH every single day. Actually, no, sorry, four days out of five. Because uh, Simon Wood, yeah. Yeah, one of the guys from MasterChef, I kid you not. He's also our Friday morning DJ. It seems crazy when you lay it out loud like that. It's like, oh my god. <laughs> it's so cool. But yeah, our breakfast shows are held up by celebrities. It's really fresh. Yeah. Chart topping rock drummer extraordinaire Shutty Monday through Thursday. And MasterChef winner and owner of Wood Restaurants in Manchester, Simon Wood, on a Friday. It's absolutely nuts. But Simon hasn't got that much in relation to 1994 because I don't think he won until like early 20-something. So, <laughs> sorry, Simon. <laughs> but, yeah, How to Make Friends with Influence People, absolutely magical record from 1994. I remember hearing, uh, what was it? I remember seeing that sort of video for that song and Alice What's the Matter and uh, Middleman on the chart show on Saturday mornings on ITV. I remember seeing television on Top of the Pops. It's absolutely nuts to think of that band being there. It really, really is. 94 was such a weird time for music, but such a good time. Hopefully we'll uh, have a look at a few of the crossovers and see where the genres start to merge a little bit in the second half of the show. We'll also look at some slightly heavier stuff too. But before we get there, featuring the last of what is deemed by many is the classic lineup of Danzig. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, Danzig 4 dropped in 1994. It showed the band pushing the height of their blues influenced elements to the floor, but it also showed them starting to experiment and tweak and do a few little bits and bobs. Three more of the highlights of the record is Can't Speak, a, a track where they lean into the gothic doom a lot more than they had done on the previous records. But it also, it's a bizarre one because it's Glenn messing about with his voice a little bit, which a lot of the families didn't enjoy. But I think this particular track is absolutely fantastic. One of my favourite Danzig songs, full stop. From the 1994 brilliant record Danzig 4, this is Can't Speak. Just keep believing Don't be cause I'm all 
think I can't dream Don't believe in a thing I see Oh, don't wanna get it Gotta leave or I live to regret it I can't speak, I can't lie Can't go anywhere too high Cause I can't think, I can't cry I keep thinking of a suicide cause Restricting yourself? Unless somebody else is tying you up. Join myself, DJ Mitz, at the Rock and Roll Penitentiary every Saturday at 2 pm for hard rock, sleaze, metal, and curveballs with a side order of filth and silliness. If you're easily offended, then you could do far worse by listening to Nigel Farage on LBC. Join us at 2 pm every Saturday. Ladies. Hey up, good morning, how y'all doing? My name's Shutty, I'm the ex-Baldy Skin Basher of That There Television Band. The show that you're listening to now, this morning, is called Breakfast with Shutty. <laughs> it's a rock and roll extravaganza with a side order of metal. We're on Monday to Thursday, 7 until 9 in the morning. Only on MMH, the home of rock radio.
Welcome back, folks. Welcome back. My name is Ben. You are listening to Follow the Dead on mmhradio.co.uk. That was, of course, the legendary Soundgarden from their record Super Unknown from 1994. I'm not going to lie, it's probably my favourite of all of the Soundgarden records. I know the earlier punkier stuff was more held to higher esteem by those within the grunge scene and it's often seen as, you know, the, the it's, it is the breakout album because ultimately Black Hole Sun, yeah, it did change their world. It changed a lot of people's world because no one had quite heard or had a chance to really appreciate Cornell's epic, epic vocals and that song was the one that brought them to the masses. For me, there are better tracks on the records. I mean, the, the other two singles, as it fell on Black Days and The Day I Tried to Live, I think are arguably better songs as well as the slightly groovier Spoon Man. But that's an argument for another day if we look at Super Unknown in depth, which I'm not going to like. I might do at some point this year because it's a magical, magical album. It really is. But that, for me, is my personal favourite from the record. That is Limo Wreck. I love the epic build, the huge riff, and that massive chorus just highlighting how amazing and brilliant Chris Cornell's vocals were and how much of a loss it was when he took his own life um, a few years ago. Amazing. Amazing. Right, welcome back. Follow the Dead here on mmhradio.co.uk. Tonight we're looking at 30-year-old records. Yes, everything on tonight's show is 30 years old, including that brilliant song, because we're going back to 1994. Up next from 94, arguably one of my favourite records, not just of the year or of the decade, but of all time. This record is faultless from front to back. And I've said that about a few of the records from this year. Like I said, it was a brilliant year in 94. This record is perfect. It's, it's trouble gum by therapy. From this record, oh my God, where to start? Despite the fact it's got Scream Angel and Nowhere on it, this was the song that stood out to me when I first heard the record. This is therapy. Stop it, you're kidding me.
rather magical therapy. The song is called Stop It, You're Killing Me. You can find it on their brilliant record, Trouble Gum, from 1994. As I said before we started playing that one, I, I honestly think that album is perfect. I really, really do. It's, it just doesn't fail. It nails everything it aims for, and it's, 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 it's nothing short of brilliant. The 90s was a weird time because... As I mentioned, grunge was on the rise, but the British rock music was starting to throw some bizarre shapes, and there were some rather magical bands kicking around British rock at the time. As I highlighted in the first half, Therapy with their brilliant trouble gun record, the Wild Hearts would start to make moves in 93 and 95 around it. But also kicking in 94, stepping away from their slightly more lighter rock into a slightly noisier territory, was the Almighty from Scotland. They kicked out their record Crank in 1994, and they dropped the brilliant wrench as one of the lead singles.
that little bit at the end when it creeps back in always catches me out every damn time <laughs> the brilliant the magical the amazing the almighty that was wrench from their brilliant 1994 record crank but British rock wasn't just settled with being nice and noisy and rocky. British rock was showing some rather wonderful experimentation. One of the bands who were experimenting better than others was the legendary Dub War. Their record Pain dropped on Eric Records in 1994. This is from Pain. It's bad. It's a. Uh, let's look at the wrong list there. Dub War and Strike It. Yeah. 
We tailor all our advertising packages to suit your needs. With competitive rates, your advert can hit thousands of listeners. Just search MMH, the home of rock radio. Press the button to eject from the cartoon frame 
So good, isn't it? That was Sensor. The song is called uh, the song is called Eject. You can find it on their brilliant record, Stacked Up. Stacked Up was reissued in 2014. They did a, they it Stacked Up XX to honour the 20th anniversary of that shenanigans. I think it was Stacked Up XXX to do a 30th anniversary. Don't know. Be pretty fresh that they did. Just saying, guys. <laughs> and of course, Gal, uh, the rather marvellous Kirsten. Oh, I love her voice. Her voice is amazing. But before the break was Dub War with, Sh- with Strike It for their record Pain. As I saw, as I said, in the 90s, though everyone looks and goes, oh, new metal, this new metal, that, and all that sort of shenanigans, the British were doing weird and wonderful stuff with it. Check it out. The joyous wonder of the ragga punk awesomeness that is Dub War. And then the very slayery sort of sounding guitars with wrapped and dubbed in hip-hop vocals all over the place. Ah, oh, Sensor. Love that record. It's so, so good. That was stacked up by Set from Sensor. Absolutely immense. Of course, let's not forget that whilst all this shenanigans was going on, electronic music was making some serious moves as well. And there were two bands who dropped some brilliant records in 1994. One, you know, changed the game. Another one, they went, yeah, they're just mere copyists. I'm not going to lie, I thought they were more than copyists. So I'm going to start with them. You see which way it goes. From their record, Ungod, this is Stabbing Westward in Lies.
Stabbing Westward. The song is called Lies. You can find it on their brilliant debut record, Ungod. Now, acknowledge it did have a few Nine Inch Nails-isms rolling around on the record. I must admit, I would say myself, it was unfairly dumped as being nothing more than Nine Inch Nails copyists. Because there was so much more to the noise than that. There really, really was. Up next, from their game-changing record from 1994, Nine Inch Nails also delivered, and my, 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 do they deliver. The Downward Spiral was an absolute game-changer, whichever way you choose to look at it. And I went, I'm not going for an obvious one, I went for Ruiner, just because the groove on this beast is monstrous.
Hey everyone, Sharp here from Sharpie's Rock and Roll Train. Coming to you every Sunday, 7 till 9pm on MMH. Come join me for the best in uh, rock, metal, punk, unsigned, plus features, Sharpie's Golden Nuggets and the unsigned slot. And my email address, rockandroll666 at email.com. Come join me. Whatever you call it, you wouldn't know, man, if you saw it. 
that keeps going on day after day, son. You fight get off. We don't want none. I'm sick and tired of people treating me this way every day. Who gives a fuck right now? I got something to say to all the people that think that I'm strange. That I should be out of here locked up in a cage. You don't know what the hell's up now anyway. You got this pretty boy feeling like I'm enslaved to a world that never appreciated shit. You can suck my dick and fucking like it. So won it in the 90s. That, of course, was Corn and uh, Faggot. You can find it on their self-titled debut record from 1994. Definitely a game-changing record. Whichever way you want to look at it, it mixed things up. It changed the world of rock and metal. There are a lot of people who sit and say, Corn this, Corn that, blah, 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 blah. You cannot deny that that album changed everything. It really did. It's an amazing record. Sonically, has it aged as well as some others from the time? Yeah, probably not but it still doesn't stop it being an immense piece of work. Up next, another band who, again, this one, it changed things because, as I mentioned before, alternative rock and the such like, and to an extent, punk was starting to, started to make its moves and the such like, but alternative rock and hair metal and the such like are the next thing. And a lot of people, as far as they're concerned, traditional heavy metal was dead. Then along came a band with a fantastic debut record and they essentially changed the game. I mean, they did change the game. Burn My Eyes by Machine Head was a genre-shifting monster of a record. It really, really was. From that record, this is Machine Head and I'm Your God Now.
the magical machine head i must admit a band that i've um, had my disagreements with over the years but i cannot deny that burn my eyes is a staggeringly brilliant record it really really is doesn't feel 30 years old i mean it really doesn't i listen to that record now and it's still like this album still absolutely slaps it is amazing it really really is truly stunning Right, we're pretty much at the end of our 1994 special. We're going to throw one more song at you in a few moments' time. But before that, I want to say one thank you very, very much for listening to. I hope you've enjoyed our Dash Through 94's amazing music. I really, really have. I also hasten to add, there were also released, was it, Beck dropped his debut record, Mellow Gold, in 94. Biohazard, they had their major label debut, State of the World Address, in 94. Corrosion and Conformity delivered their game-changing deliverance in 1994. It's ridiculous, it really, really is. Helmet somehow had to follow up Meantime with the brilliant Betty in 1994. Caius delivered their genre-defining stoner classic Sky Valley in 1994. Now, controversial or not, Marilyn Manson also entered the fray with his first record, Portrait of an American Family, in 1994. Arguably one of the greatest supergroup single project records ever Nailbomb dropped their brilliant Point Blank in 1994 Prong mixed it up with the brilliant Cleansing, a groove metal classic in 1994 the list just goes on it was an immense year for music, it really really was, so after all of those amazing records, who am I going to finish with? I'm going to finish with a band who still made it into my top 25 records played of 2023 because they have still got game and they are still killing it to this day i'm talking about the brilliant obituary this is their fifth or sixth year active as a band so for them to still be killing it now is nothing short of immense they originally began life as, as under the name of executioner in the mid 80s before they changed the name to obituary around about 88 i think it was for their first record to drop in 1989 this is whilst they were still signed a roadrunner at the height of their power world demise dropped in 1994 from that this is obituary and don't care i'll see you tomorrow at eight o'clock for dancing with the dead don't go anywhere i'll see you real soon good night folks